Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Dropped into the clarity of glass. Remember me as the black-brown sands swerve and settle. Resting a while on the still lake surface of the bar, forgo the foam for one short pause. There you'll find me in the quaking stillness, just before you lift your twice-poured pint and neck the I almost didn't get here this evening. What happened? Did you, did you lose your key? No, no. It was. Uh, I don't know if you you saw them on the streets outside the Moon and Water, but the sands of time. Oh, not the sands again. If it's not the sands, it's the winds of time or, and change. And change. Yeah, it was. No, the sands of time have caused these. I mean, they're very beautiful, but drifts, uh, sort of sand dune drifts in the street. Yeah. So all of the townsfolk are out there uh, making sandcastles and sunbathing and all manner of sort of fun holiday repast. But uh, it just it just took me quite a long time to walk here because sand it's actually it's a pain to walk through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of lot. Depends how wet it is. Yes, it was pretty dry. Have you ever heard sand whistling? (laughs) Oh, I see where this is going. Um, Yes, I have heard sand whistling. Yeah. Yeah, because the wind, when wind carves out little channels in sand dunes, it makes the most incredible, almost like music of the havens. Oh, yes, yeah, kind of, yeah, sand music. Uh, But can you hear it now? Yeah. What key would you say it's in? Which sand are you referring to? The the sand of time, the wind, the sound of the wind through the sand of time. The sands of change. Um, The key it's in is in, it's in B flat it is isn't it minor yes and that's it that's it it's in b flat minor minor yeah well do you know why it is in b flat minor the wind that's running through the sands of time no it's to announce the arrival of a very historic guest great and i i i I, once i saw the sands of time uh forming i made sure to book a special sleigh right uh, which does run on sand, and I think that's pulling up outside the door now. Yes, it is. It is, and they're taking off their sand glasses, and uh, he's stepping down from the sleigh and into the moon underwater walks Barry, A.K.A. Barry 
from Sandwiches of History. Hello, Barry. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. How are you today? Good. Excellent. It's a bit sandy out there today. It is sandy, isn't it? John, that whole sand build-up. I was expecting a sand sandwich pun that just didn't come. Me too. Yeah. Was that a coincidence? No, no, no. Well, it's nothing to do with sandwiches. It's sand. It's right. the sands of time okay. are okay. outside. <laughs> I was really just desperately hanging on for it, waiting, and it just didn't arrive. I actually love it that it didn't connect yeah. to sandwiches. Yeah. I yeah. love it more because of that. Well, <laughs> but Robin, I don't, you know, the, the correct realm doesn't just reveal things to create puns for our guests. It's just, it is what it is, mate. It is what it is. Yeah, there's no meaning in the in the in the universe is that what you're saying not really i mean the sort of the 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 correct realm is almost like you know as toys to the wanton gods are we <laughs> yeah but it's kill us for the sport uh, but it's you know it, it it's a much more benevolent wanton god right lovely um but Barry, it's a delight to have you here, especially coming all the way from America. Yeah, it was a bit of a haul, but uh, it was, I think it's worth it. America is the coolest place in the world, isn't it? Is it still uh, as cool as it was when I was a kid? Sure. Um, <laughs> we we have some cool stuff for sure, and uh, we have some very not cool stuff for sure. So uh, where where did you visit when you were a kid? Oh, I never visited when I was a kid. I think that's why I thought it was so cool, because Uh, kids would come back from Disney World and they'd have all these strange types of sweets and tales of candy pops and the like. If that's your window onto America when you're a child, it is a magical place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Lots of candy, lots of rides and uh, fun things. But, you know, it's like everywhere. There's, There's great stuff and there's not so great stuff. But it's it, it, I, I love it. I love being here. So well, one of its greatest exports has to be sandwiches of history. Oh, you're too kind. You're very, <laughs> very much too kind. Which has taken TikTok by storm. Um, I wonder if you could tell us the premise of sandwiches of history because it really is quite a delightful place to to hang out. It's uh, well, thank you for that. Uh, and it, it's interesting because. Uh, a friend of mine sent me a PDF of the up-to-date sandwich book of 1909. And he says, these are pretty interesting. They'd be kind of fun to make some of these. And I thought, eh, it'd be kind of fun to make some of these. And I don't know, I'll just put it on social media. And so I did. Uh, I put it on Instagram at first, but the format that I chose didn't really take off, didn't really have any legs. And so it just sort of drifted for about nine months until TikTok came along. And I thought, well, what if I take the videos that I didn't use properly on Instagram, put them on TikTok? And it just completely blew up and then I took the stuff that I was doing on TikTok and applied it to Instagram and it blew up. <laughs> so uh, it's been an interesting journey and, and it's it's amazing to see how many people are curious about past foods uh, and passionate about sandwiches. It's fantastic. For me, it's just one of those things where, you know, sometimes scrolling the internet is not a pleasant thing to do. There's a lot of doom scrolling. That's true. But sometimes you find a little corner of the internet which is such an oasis of solace and relief. <laughs> you know, for me at one time, it was like if you're into The Cure and you go to The Cure YouTube videos, all the comments underneath are just like, oh, this is a great song. I really love The Cure. You know, stuff like that. It's very innocent. But then coming across Sandwiches of History was another moment for me where it was just, it's just such a, a moment of joy when your new video drops. Well, thank you. I, I very much appreciate that. I'm humbled by that. Um, but I, I also hear that a lot. And I think 
part of the reason why it's taken off is because of the context in which it lives, mm. which is you're you're in these social media apps and everyone's dancing, doing tricks, doing pranks, doing whatever to, to get attention. And I come up, I'm like, hey, let's make a sandwich. And everyone's like, <laughs> okay, yeah, let's let's take a break and make a sandwich. That sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I think sandwiches themselves are a lot of people's safe space. And it's where you display a lot of your personality through your sandwich of choice. Mm. And it's kind of a place where you can really be creative in a short period of time and have a really delicious treat at the end of it, even if you're not like a really good cook, as long as you've got a fridge full of spreads. Yeah, there's not a lot of technique involved in putting things between two slices of bread. And what's great is uh, it cuts across... You can have all different kinds of textures. It cuts across all kinds of cuisines around the world. You can mix and mash whatever you like together. Uh, and it's portable. Yes. I mean, it's brilliant. Yeah. The other thing I love about your videos as well is you're, you're not, they're not completely, uh, how can I say it? They're not like completely apolitical. Like you, you, can, you say stuff that you believe in and you stand up for things that you believe in. And I think that's just really good because it's like makes it real. It shows you who you are and what you believe is good and bad and... That's just another kind of human touch, which you, you're, is often missing on the internet as well. Oh, thanks. It's it, that's those are tricky waters to navigate, obviously. Um, but there there have been instances where it's just like I, I can't not say something um, because there's right and there's wrong, and there's obviously when when you deal with the world, there's shades of gray in between. Um, but when something is so very wrong and obviously wrong, I feel compelled to say something. And, I, you know, there's fallout from it. I have to deal with comments and, and, and uh, some rather ugly uh, messages from folks. But that's that's life. Do you get people saying, hey, douchebag, I came here to see you eat a sandwich from 1920. I don't want to hear any of your politics, OK? <laughs> Uh, I want to know what the tongue tastes like with the pickle. Well, you know, it's interesting. I don't get the uh, the tone of voice like that, but I definitely get that's the content of the message that I usually get. It's kind of like you're being performative or blah, blah, blah. And it's like I, I'm a guy making sandwiches, so there's only so much I can do. Yeah. Right. If I can provide links to organizations that you can donate to that will help the, the situation, great. I'll do that. If I'm just bringing it up to, to keep it top of mind, I'll do that. Um, but I still get the, I do get those comments of like, Hey, I, I didn't come here for politics. And it's like, well, I, I don't do it a lot and I don't try, I try not to like get too into it too often on every little thing. But when there are really severe instances, I feel the need to, to say something. I don't know if you're familiar with a, uh, English sitcom called Blackadder. Uh, I, I have heard of it. There's a very funny joke about sandwiches in there, um, because I'm sure, as you know, as the leading sandwich historian, they were um, invented by Earl Sandwich. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. well, <laughs> the, the joke is, um, so it's set in like the 18th century and the, the butler says to, uh, says to his dog's body, I'm quite hungry. Can you get me um, uh, two slices of bread with some meat in between? And the dog's body says, oh, what, that, that thing that Earl Sandwich had the other day? And then Blackadder goes, yes, a couple of rounds of Earls. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. That is good. But yeah, I sensed from you a bit of dispute about the invention of the sandwich. Well, I think I think that, uh, Lord Montague did an excellent job of getting his name on the sandwich, or at least his, his title on the sandwich. 
Um, but people have been putting stuff between bread for a long time. In fact, I did a, a, a kind of a sandwich from 200 BC in China. And I'm probably going to say this wrong, and I apologize in advance, but uh, Rao Zha Mo. And it's this, the, a lot of them use pork, but the original one apparently used beef and spices. And it is delicious, but it was from 200 BC. Uh, and it went in between these two, this, this uh, bun that you cut up, cut in half. So my, my guess is that uh, uh, the Earl of Sandwich was not the one to necessarily invent the sandwich. But uh, hey, kudos to him. He got his name on it. So, can I t- talk to you about a couple of sandwiches that John and I are particularly fond of? Absolutely. Oh yes. Uh, <laughs> so the first one, it's a classic, um, which is almost guaranteed to give you heartburn. But it's cheddar cheese, raw onion, and salad cream. Mm. Do you know what salad cream is? Yes, yes, I've had yeah. salad cream. <laughs> I'm sure you yeah. do. Sorry, stupid question. No, it's not a stupid, stupid question. question. It's not common here in America, so it's not a stupid question no. at all. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Steve Albini was on Twitter complaining about the British cuisine, and he was talking about how this thing, salad cream, <laughs> how, how awful he thought it was. But yeah. You know, that's an interesting combination. Uh, I have not had that, that combination myself, but is the onion sweet? No, just completely raw white onion. Yeah, raw white onion. Thin or thick sliced? Oh, I like it thick. I'd say medium. Like mm. you would slice if you were going to put sort of un- sliced onion in a tomato sauce. Okay. Uh, it It's going to leave you with some breath, but uh, yes, that's. <laughs> that, I think those flavors would work together, actually. I think the cheese yeah. would help to tamp down the, the sharpness of the onion, but I've not had that. Yeah, yeah, it is a good sandwich. And the other one, which I think, John, you came up with, or it might have been our friend Mike, is peanut butter with jalapeno peppers. Oh, I could see that working. Mm, that's a good one. I, one of the things I, I grew up eating was uh, peanut butter and dill pickle sandwiches. I still love them. Mm. Um, and it, it works. It's great because the creaminess sort of takes the edge off that chili. So it's just, you get the lovely texture. Yeah. It's, they're they're get, really good. You get, yeah. you get uh, a tang, you get sour, you get uh, a little bit of sweet, uh, you get a little bit of uh, nuttiness. It's, I, yeah, I think I could take, see that working great. They've got to be crunchy pickled jalapenos, though, because yes. sometimes you get them and they're a bit sort of soft and sort of mushy. You really need that, that, that crunch of the jalapeno. I don't think they should ever be mushy or soft in any application. Yeah, those are two of my favorite sandwiches. Um, so maybe maybe one day we'll see them on Sandwiches of History, but there won't be much historical context. <laughs> I do do sandwiches of uh, fictional history. I do them from TV shows and movies and stuff as well. Ah, oh, I great. saw the, the Larry David sandwich that you uh, recreated. That was fantastic. That was good. I was surprised. It was a little, I mean, that would leave you with some breath as well, but, uh, mm. it, but it was tasty. Well, maybe we'll talk about some of the uh, standout sandwiches of history uh, throughout the show, but we need to start... Uh, creating your dream pub. All right. Um, so when you, you sometimes mention uh, beers or beer pairings with your sandwiches in videos, what's your favorite type of uh, place to hang out and drink in America? Uh, I tend to go to uh, craft breweries and hang out in, in their tap rooms uh, and have beers at the source or go to a, a tap room that uh, specializes in craft beer. So you pick the venue based on the drinks. It's not like you've got a bar down the road from you, which is your bar. You'll go and explore stuff and try new flavors. Right. Exactly. And not to preempt any of your choices, but what sort of flavor profile is the 
the sandwiches of history beer profile of choice? Uh, well, hmm, sandwiches of history would depend entirely on the sandwich itself. Uh, my personal profile, uh, what I tend to like is um, citrusy, piney, West Coast IPAs uh, or pale ales. Uh, but I also like porters and stouts. Um, I tend to not like sours because I'm not a big sour guy uh, in general, um, but more of the IPAs. And where are whereabouts are you in America, and what are the, some of the breweries nearby that you're excited by? Uh, San Jose, California. Um, one of them, uh, you know, full disclosure, I own a small stake in, uh, but Strike Brewing Company. Um, the they they turn out some fantastic beers and, and have won many gold medals at the Great American Beer Festivals Festival. Um, Bear Bottle Brewing is quite good. Uh, Faction Brewing. Um, original pattern brewing there like the Bay area San Francisco Bay area has a ton of craft breweries. Um, ghost town brewing out of Oakland is quite good as well. Um, so cellar maker is another fantastic one. Uh, hop dogma. Like <laughs> there's so many, uh, I probably could just list off the rest of them and we use up the rest of the hour. Let's get your first two choices, uh, your your draft options, please. Okay, so I had a question about this. Does this uh, the draft option need to be like pub centric, like the pubs that I've been to, or does it have to be? It can be any beer. It can be any any drink at all. Okay, as long as it could reasonably be available on draft. So you couldn't be cheeky if you're a big spirits fan. You couldn't get in a third spirit by saying, I'll have draft tequila. <laughs> However, why not? No. you could have frozen margarita on draft. I see. Well, that changes things because I thought I was uh, supposed to pick uh, like British pub draft. So I cho- chose Boddington's and Smithwick's. Um, but um, oh, that's tough now. I'm going to say uh, Original Pattern Brewing Citra Squeeze uh-huh. uh, and Green Cheek Brewing uh, Member IPA. Green Cheek Brewing? Yes. And what's that called again? Member IPA. Member. Yeah, and it's it's supposed to be a play on Remember, but um, the apostrophe is not in the right place. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so I've just looked up um, uh, the Citra Explosion in my mind. And I have to say, it's a punchy 6.7%. Mm-hmm. Are you happy that this isn't going to cause uh, levels of abandon in your pub? <laughs> well, I guess I should have asked, where's the pub located? Because if it's located here in California, not a problem. Um, if it's located in a place where folks are used to, say, 4 to 5% ABV, it might cause a bit of a problem. Well, Barry, it's located within your own mind. Oh, no, we're fine. We're good. (laughs) (laughs) And member IPA from Green Cheek uh, Brewing, that's 7%. Yeah. So what are you drinking these in? What measurements? Uh, The can. Okay, yeah. yeah. And it's usually on a a weekend. um, And it depends. Like there's some days when uh, I'll want a Pilsner. That's like you know four or five percent um, because I just want a nice light beer, um, and you know I have a water beer, what I call a water beer, which is my. I've been working in the yard. It's I'm hot. I can't be bothered to just 
to try and work with an IPA, so I'll grab a Miller Lite. <laughs> okay, so that's no your shame in that. Of, no shame in that at all. <laughs> that's my water beer. Yeah. <laughs> so, the member IPA and the Citra Squeeze. Are you in your in your dream pub? Would you be serving these in sort of on draft in what I guess what we would call thirds or halves or three quarters? Schooners. Well, yeah. Would you be serving it in a schooner in sort of or five hundred mil? Uh, that's a good question. Um, typically, those are served as just regular pints here, um, as in imperial British pints. Uh, no, not imperial pints. Um, not 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 this size, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but just uh, like I think they're twelve ounces. So what's th- what's that in? Uh... In old money, it's like half a liter. It's three hundred and forty-one milliliters. Right. So right. that's about like two thirds. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. So let's we can just call it at five hundred, I guess. I'm just thinking because of the strength, but also it's nice. It's nice to experience different volumes of liquid <laughs> across the pond. It really is. Yeah. It really is so nice to imagine those different sized containers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was in a, an off license recently, and they had the uh, four forty Stellas, the five hundred mil Stellas, and the full pint Stellas all together. It looked great. It looked like a sort of series of Russian dolls. <laughs> you know, something very aesthetically pleasing about it. But as regular listeners will know, you're four forty through and through, aren't you, Rob? I love a four forty. It's a good amount of beer. So. I guess that's pretty similar to a can sized uh, is what we're drinking those in Barry in your pub This is Paige the co-host of Giggly Squad and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June Olive in June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Let's give this foaming nut brown ale a go. And we'll now move on to our bottles and cans. Uh, what are you going to select for your pub there? Uh, again, full disclosure, I own a small piece of this brewing company, but Strike Brewing Company Big Wall Imperial Stout. Mm. Um, it is delicious, and it is a, a gold medal winner at the Great American Beer Festival. And it is roasty, chocolatey, but not cloying or sweet. A little bit of coffee flavors going on, but there's no coffee in it. It's all coaxed from the malts, so it's uh, it's it's quite good. How um, if you were to compare this to you know just to to a Guinness, where where would what kind of what similarities are there and what differences? Similarities would be that they're dark, and that's it. Okay, <laughs> right. Because <laughs> because Guinness Guinness has a great mouthfeel, um, a, a great head to it, a great flavor to it. The the Big Wall Imperial Stout is a little bit denser and a lot more complex in the flavors that you're getting. And it's, mm. again, higher in alcohol. Um, it's an Imperial Stout. It's almost two and a half times as strong as Guinness. It's 9%. Exactly. Holy smokes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But it's um, you would love it, gentlemen. If you like, if you like stouts, <laughs> you would love it. And we're serving that uh, as well in three, 350 no, mil. I, I would put that in a 10-ounce... Uh, well, I'm not sure what the equivalent is in uh, smart measurements, um, but <laughs> 10 ounces. Almost like a wine glass size, something like that. Kind of. That's 284 milliliters. So that's that's probably, that's just over a third of a pint. So yeah, you're looking at a, a large glass of wine. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Wow. How much of these are you drinking in a night, Barry? <laughs> well, which, of which, like a, uh, the Imperial Stout, I probably have one. Right. Um, the the others, are probably one as well. That's the problem with me and John. It's, it's quantity, not quality with me and John. <laughs> well, that's just it. Like, if I'm having a pills, I'll have maybe two or three, right? Yeah. So, it, yeah. and it also depends on the context. Am I... Have I have I just done yard work and I'm hanging out on the couch watching TV? Or am I out meeting with friends and... and chatting it up so like i I, depends on context really Mm -hmm. i think maybe that's what that's a a a difference between people who are sort of into the craft beer scene and people who aren't in britain is that when you go out to the pub just to have what drinks a regular pub would serve you might have four or five maybe even six pints if you go to a tap room that's serving seven percent ipas nine percent stouts you can't bring that mentality into the tap room because you'll go to space. Not if you want to live. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not if you don't, it, it, unless you, you're on a liver transplant list already, and then uh, yeah. maybe you'll be sad. But. I was going to say, Barry, you've got such a lovely way of describing flavors and tastes with food and with drink. Oh, where, where does that come from? Is that just sort of self-taught? Y- yeah. I, um, I, growing up, I did not, uh, I did not enjoy f- food uh flavors it was food was just sort of a means to an end because my unfortunately my mother was not a good cook and my dad was marginal at best um 
and then I met my fiance and her family uh, and her mom at a restaurant at one point. They loved cooking and I just got drawn into it. I'm like, oh, that's what a steak is supposed to taste like. Oh, that's what fresh garlic is. Oh, asparagus shouldn't be gray and stringy. So uh, I just got really into it uh, in my 20s and I've been curious and I, I'm still curious about you know new flavors and new techniques and things like that. So I've just been watching, absorbing and learning. But thank you. That was very nice. A very nice compliment. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, what's your second bottle or can? Uh, Russian River Brewing Company Happy Hops IPA. Going to look it up in my mind. I'm just I'm see I have to write it down and then look it up in my mind for the records here at the Moon Underwater. We've got huge huge sort of uh, those sort of calf skin rolls that mm. they put early laws on. It's evocative. I like it. Russian River Brewing Company. Brewing Company. Mm. Vinny Kaluzzo. Yes. That's a great name. Yes. <laughs> he actually there's I actually went to college with his sister. Right. Um but I'm, I, I do not mean to imply that we're friends or anything like that. I just I, I met him. I know him. Um, he actually, in the early 90s, started a um, craft brewery, Blind Pig. And it was one of the first ones in Southern California. I think it was like 92 or something like that. Right. But, um, it didn't go over. Uh, it didn't. It didn't pan out that one, but he went on to become uh, the head and owner of uh, Russian River, and they've created Pliny the Elder, uh, Happy Hops, a bunch of uh, beers that are just fantastic. Right, I think someone uh, we had someone else choose Pliny, or Pl- uh, we say we say Pliny in the UK. I think we had this discussion with um, yeah, yeah, with someone else chose Pliny the Elder, didn't they? Yes, someone has chosen that on the Moon Underwater before because I remember remarking on how nice the label is. Uh, we'll have to look back into the archives to find out who chose Pliny the Elder. Uh, Happy Hops IPA, uh, described as um, incredibly hoppy India Pale Ale with an immense hop aroma and flavour and mild bitterness. It's six and a half percent. Gentlemen, remember, I am I am six foot four, two hundred and seventy five pounds. So <laughs> I might be able to handle a little bit higher ABV than your average person. Yeah, when I I'm just worried because when me and Robin come to your dream pub, we're going to get absolutely slaughtered. <laughs> I'm sorry, and the concern is yeah, it's a good point, good point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and we just had an update from producer Matt that Natalia Watson chose a uh, Pliny or Pliny. So there we go. I'd like to keep it all together. Well done, Natalia. Yeah, well done. So uh, a popular brewery there, Russian River Brewing Company. Um, I'm now going to ask you, Barry, to splice your expertise because not only are you um, sandwiches of history, you're also Craft Beer Barry on Instagram, where you post about your favourite brews. Could you pair with us, say a sandwich for the the hoppy... Uh, IPAs and a sandwich to go with the um, Imperial Stout that you think might fit? Oh, I just did one uh, with the um, member IPA and it worked out really, really well. But I have to look it up because my my mind is a sieve. Um, um, okay, so uh, yeah, this is the one. I, the St. Paul Sandwich is one that would work really well with any of the IPAs um, because this, the St. Paul Sandwich is basically an egg foo young in between bread. Right. So if you're not familiar with Egg Foo Young, it's a Chinese-American dish with bean sprouts, shrimp, chicken, and eggs, and it's deep fried. 
and then you put it between bread with pickles and, and tomatoes. And it's delicious, but you need something kind of like bright and crispy to, to kind of cut through all that richness. <laughs> So what, what's the history of the St. Paul sandwich? Yeah, that's a good question because it was created and is popular in St. Louis, Missouri. <laughs> right. Really? St. <laughs> Paul, they don't make them in St. Paul. I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. I tried to find out why they're named St. Paul um, and I just, I couldn't figure it, I couldn't find it. Uh, so I don't know. It's interesting because in America, there are big regional specialities when it comes to sandwich fillings in England and Britain, it's more there are there are variations in the name you use for bread, huh. <laughs> whereas the sandwich fillings are pretty much the same across the country. It's more like pies and baked goods that we have regional uh, variations okay. of. Okay, I, I don't hate that. That sounds good. So that would be good for the, the hoppier stuff. What about to go with that very big stout? Uh... That I'd probably want something with orange in it, um, some like an orange marmalade or something like that to kind of play off the roasty flavors. Ah. Um, I, maybe it's a, a peanut butter and orange marmalade sandwich, uh, something along those lines, or Ooh, or wow. even uh, orange marmalade and um, cream cheese. Wow! I went through a phase in lockdown of uh, eating strong cheddar with apricot jam sandwiches oh nice yes oh it's delicious it's got to be a really strong sort of like mouth watery cheddar not not a bland one i tell you one thing uh my girlfriend's dad does which is a bit of stilton on a chocolate digestive biscuit i'll have to try that that sounds interesting it's really good if you if you're into your sweet and savories it works really well i am absolutely into sweet and savory so not to keep hawking new channels that you've not heard of, but I also do this ice cream channel where I do sweet and savory combination of ice creams. Mm, um, wow. I, th- I think on Instagram it's uh, Barry's Ice Cream O'Clock. Nice. <laughs> and you know what? I'm just going to get it out of the way. I've also got a uh, crisp, as you call it, a review channel called In the Chips with Barry. Oh, no wow. way. Oh, great. Well, I'm a big crisp. <laughs> I, love, crisp. I love crisps. I recently had uh, amazing crisps in the Shirkers Rest in New Cross, great new pub. Uh, they're called slabs, okay, and they're really, really thick. They're nice, so good. Nice. I just had something like that from mm. uh, Wisconsin. They're called slide, but they're really thick, and it's like a potato lover's potato chip because you really taste the potato because they're super thick. Right. Yeah. Mm. Great. But so you've got four social media accounts based on four different sort of foodstuffs and drinks well let's see chips ice cream beer uh sandwiches i also have a general cooking one where it's just uh, uh barry's cooking again which is named after what um my fiance says whenever i start to record uh, <laughs> something that i'm cooking and that one i'm just i'm trying out recipes or i'm trying out new ideas and cooking but the the ice cream and the beer the beer i post pretty much just on weekends uh, the ice cream and the cooking one are sporadic. Uh, the chips are Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and then sandwiches are every day. Wow. <laughs> and you have so many beautiful shirts as well, I must say. Oh, thank you. <laughs> every, every new video. It's just, yeah. Well, you, uh, you know, I should get an endorsement contract from Land's End because I'm pretty sure I've moved some units for them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they're mostly Land's End, which is, is great because I'm tired of the tyranny of plaid in men's shirts. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, 
Uh, Barry, what a selection you've got so far. Just to recap on draft, you have Original Pattern Brewing Citra Squeeze, 6.7%. Green Cheek Beer Company Member IPA, 7%. You've got Strike Brewing Big Wall Imperial Stout, 9%. And Russian River Brewery Happy Hops IPA, 6.5%. So I think we can see that the pub taking shape, we're not talking... 17th century log fire we're talking tap room industrial chic a lot of people still succumbing to the tyranny of plaid <laughs> yeah great name for a band yeah yeah. Be, yeah maybe that should be the name of the pub <laughs> but we take a break from your selections now to expand our minds in the moon underwater pub quiz Okay, everybody, pens out, eyes down, it's time for the quiz. He played for Zimbabwe, but he was born in South Africa. I know Alaska is bigger, that wasn't the question. Put your phone away. Right, Michael Jackson's Funky Monkey had been deducted five points. Thanks, John, and welcome to the Moon Underwater pub quiz. This week it's all about acronyms and initialisms, an important distinction. So all I'm going to do for this pub quiz is going to give you three well-known acronyms and initialisms, and you have to tell me what they stand for, or for what they stand. Just trying to get my grammar right there. Um, So what I'm going to do is do three questions, and then you can have a think about them, and we'll we'll go to the break, and then in part two, we'll hear your answers. Okay, so first one, question one is NATO. What does NATO actually stand for? Great cue. Are these to be what they actually are or what they what they should should be? Interesting. I guess what they actually are. Okay. All right. That's fine. That's fine by me. <laughs> but yeah, I can't wait to dig into that. Um, question two. It's a sandwich question. Of course, it's a sandwich question. We all know the Subway footlong staple, the BMT, Subway's most popular sandwich, the BMT. But what does the BMT stand for? B-M-T. And question three. The New York club where Talking Heads, Blondie, the Ramones, television, etc. started their careers in the late 70s was called CBGBs. But what does CBGB stand for? So there you go. Three questions about acronyms and initialisms. Very, very good stuff. We will have the answers to the quiz at the start of part two. Uh, But before we leave, we've got to plug your various social media outlets, Barry. We've 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 I think we've got up to five now. Uh, So it's Sandwiches of History on Instagram, YouTube and TikTok. Mm -hmm. Barry's cooking again on Instagram and Barry Cooks TikTok on TikTok. Yeah. And, and and what about the chips and the ice cream? <laughs> uh, in the Chips with Barry on TikTok, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And Ice Cream O'Clock uh, on TikTok and Barry's Ice Cream O'Clock on Instagram. And Craft Beer Barry. On Instagram. Instagram. Superb. You must have so many email addresses in order to open all those accounts. <laughs> I do. <laughs> there is a really nice Instagram account I'll give a shout out to called Crisps and Pints, oh, which nice. is about crisps and beer uh, pairings here in the UK, which is good fun. So yeah, give that give that a follow. Okay, folks. So we will see you back at part two for Barry Enderwick from Sandwiches of History's Dream Pub. Dream Pub.